Hello, this is Anthony Day, and welcome to the Sustainable Futures Show. Yes, new year, new title. It's going to be called the Sustainable Futures Show from now on, because people tell me that podcast is just confusing and not always understood. So welcome to the Sustainable Futures Show. It's a podcast. This week, the World Economic Forum is meeting in Davos in Switzerland, This is a gathering of the most important investors, the most important business leaders and delegations from all the major governments across the world. They come together every January to talk about the global economy because these are the people who manage, influence and control the global economy, whether we like it or not. What gets discussed in Davos has implications for all of us. This week, one of the presentations was made by Al Gore. You remember Al Gore? climate change campaigner, An Inconvenient Truth, the book and the film. The fact that Al Gore was invited to present has got to be important. There are so many vested interests. There has been so much denialism and rejection of climate change by the business community that for Al Gore to be invited to talk about climate change at the most important business conference in the world has got to be significant. The title of his presentation was What's Next? A Climate for Action. And I strongly recommend that you go to the World Economic Forum website and view the recording. You can find it at weforum.org. Weforum.org. Gore started with two questions. Do we have to change course? And can we change course? He then went into a resume of the state of knowledge on climate change. First, the scary bits that some would call scaremongering and others would call facts. He started by telling us about the 110 million tonnes of greenhouse gas pollution that's emitted into the atmosphere every 24 hours. He agreed that there are significant emissions from agriculture, from forests and from the melting permafrost, but by far the largest contributor to greenhouse gas pollution is the use of fossil fuels. The petrol we burn in our cars, the gas we burn in our central heating, the coal we burn in our power stations. He showed how this is making the world hotter, how the past decade was the hottest ever measured, and how 2014 was the hottest year on record. He explained how 90% of the heat goes into the oceans, and warming oceans drive severe weather like the typhoon which devastated the Philippines in 2013, and Super Storm Sandy which hit New York a few months earlier. Warming oceans evaporate more water into the atmosphere, raising humidity and causing torrential rainfall, leading in turn to floods and landslides. Floods in Pakistan, an unstable nuclear state, displaced 20 million people and threatened its stability still further. This week, storms have made 200,000 people homeless in Malawi. There are examples from all over the world. On the other hand, rising temperatures accelerate evaporation of moisture from the land, turning pasture and arable lands into desert. Droughts are becoming chronic in parts of the world. California is 98% in drought and southern parts of Australia are drying out and overrun with wildfires. Extreme weather destabilises economies. For example, as arable turned to desert and wildfires broke out in Russia, That government and the governments of Ukraine and Kazakhstan took their grain exports off the market. 
They needed to keep declining grain harvests for their own people. This led to global shortages and food riots broke out in 60 countries. In the last 10 years, 60% of Syria's agricultural land has turned to desert and 80% of its livestock has been lost. With no livelihood, people have escaped to the cities, already overcrowded with refugees from the Iraq war. Little wonder that the country has descended into chaos. So far, so bad. Climate change isn't just about bad weather, it's about the social, economic and political consequences of bad weather. That's why climate change is important to business. Climate change threatens world order. That's the case for why we need to change. How do we change? We urgently need to put a price on carbon. We need to penalise denialism. Can we change? That was Gore's second question. I'm not sure he answered it well. He revealed that in fact a lot is being done and being done by business. For example, the growth in installed wind and solar power far exceeds predictions by factors high as 60 or 70 times. When we look at new power supplies, in terms of capacity, there are more renewable projects currently being built than conventional fossil fuel power stations. Citibank and Berkshire Hathaway and other major investors are recognising that this is the age of renewables and the market for green bonds is exploding. Gore commented on Mark Carney, Governor of the Bank of England, who, as mentioned in a previous episode of this show, has stated that much of the remaining fossil fuel resources are unburnable, stranded assets and effectively subprime. The Chinese have recognised that in the north of their country pollution is so bad that it's reducing life expectancy by as much as five years. They're taking action. They've signed an agreement with the US on managing climate change. Gore went on to talk about the IPCC Paris Conference, which will take place at the end of the year. I felt his message rather faded out here. He introduced Farrell Williams, who will direct Live Earth 2015, The Road to Paris, billed as the biggest multimedia event in the history of the world. One billion voices with one message. Take climate action now. I thought this was rather a weak ending to the presentation because the message is take climate action now and surely it would be better to start now rather than waiting for next December. Whether a pop concert is the right way to change the global economy is open to question. Even Lucy Jones blogging at the New Musical Express, NME, has her doubts. Look at uh, nme.com for the blogs for the commentary on this. Let's not underestimate the task. For all Gore's good news, the bad news was published just before Davos in the annual global CEO survey from PwC, the International Business Consultancy. Climate change did not feature in the questions that PwC put to the 1,322 top executives in the study. A spokeswoman said they were not asked about it because of their clear lack of interest in the topic. The main concern of these global business leaders was over-regulation. How happy are they going to be with regulations that say they cannot use the fossil fuels that they own? With regulations that make these assets effectively worthless? It's going to take a lot more than a pop concert to change their minds. 
Jürgen Randers, who back in 1972 co-authored the seminal work Limits to Growth, and by the way, I recommend that you do get hold of that book and read it if you have the opportunity, Limits to Growth, he's recently sadly concluded that it is profitable to let the world go to hell. That may well be true in the short term, in the remaining lives of our ageing business leaders, but it's a poisoned legacy for the rest of us and certainly for our children and grandchildren. Individual organisations, of course, don't have to wait until Paris in order to take action. Recognise that there are two aspects to climate change, adaptation and mitigation. Mitigation is taking action to try and stop climate change, or at least slow down or reduce greenhouse gas emissions and the causes of climate change. This can only be carried out by all governments working together, and this is the purpose of the Paris Conference. Adaptation is about taking action to protect oneself or one's organisation from the risks and threats created by climate change and global warming. Prudent managers will be looking at that straight away. Has your organisation got a short-term contingency plan and a long-term view? There are things you can do tomorrow to protect yourself against floods, droughts, energy price spikes and the like. But if you intend to be in business in 5, 10, 15 years from now, you need to do much more. You need a strategic scenario plan. You need to assess how the consequences of climate change will affect not just your business, but your whole supply chain, from suppliers right through to customers. You need a plan B. Maybe you and I should talk about that. This is Anthony Day, and that was another episode of the Sustainable Futures Show. Yes, the Sustainable Futures Show. That's the title for 2015, because apparently podcast is confusing. It's still a podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and do make a comment on iTunes or mail me at mail at anthonyday.com if you want to talk about future-proofing your organisation, about scenario planning, about looking at where your business will fit into the future. The sooner you start to plan the better chance you'll have of surviving your competitors. That's the Sustainable Futures Show for another week. This is Anthony Day. Bye for now.